Hello and welcome to Mon the Workers. I'm Daniel Gray and in these special episodes of the podcast we'll be hearing from some of the people who spoke to me for an STUC book of the same name. That book, Mon the Workers, celebrating 125 years of the Scottish Trade Union Congress, is out now. Published by Lewith Press and available in all the usual places, it includes interviews with 75 trade unionists and portrait photographs of a further 50. Together, those 125 people represent a celebration of the STUC's 125th birthday. This time, we're hearing from Tam Dewar. Tam has been a union member all his working life. In the 1990s, he became a postal worker and has taken part in a number of successful actions to protect conditions, culminating in the 2018 battle to save Royal Mail, which he details here. Tam also outlines what his union, the CWU, has been doing to appeal to younger people. I've always been a member of a trade union. Uh, I started work in 1979 with British Rail and I joined Asleph, the train drivers union. Um, I left that job to do a welfare rights advice. Uh, I joined the TGWU Act, white collar section. Um, I left there to work for a member of the European Parliament and I stayed in that trade union, the TGWU. was self-employed for a wee while as an ice cream van driver. I kept my membership up but didn't have any contact with them. And then I joined Royal Mail, joined the Communication Workers Union before the year 2000. Um, Always been aware that I was a member of the working class and uh, I would require other members of the working class to join in solidarity with me and defend on their own rights and represent themselves against the employers who had the real power. So I've always had that realisation from I was about 16. Um, I had a teacher at school, Willie McIlvany, um, the Scottish author. So. Uh, Willie McIlvany took us through a play called uh, Willie Ruff and that was about Red Clyde side and since then I've had that realisation about my place in the world as a worker. Well, that was Willie. Willie was very much in touch with, I mean, the bar room. I mean, Willie would stand at the bar, would talk to anybody, you know what I mean? Had a good understanding of the world. world. It, it came to Kilmarnock which is about five miles along the road for me. So I, between him and Burns, are probably the big influences, uh, big literary influences on myself. When I joined, it was a, a public service. Um, and posties started half past four, five o'clock in the morning. We sorted the mail. We left the office at 7 a.m. We delivered all the mail before 10 o'clock. We went back into the office, sorted what mail had come in while we were out and delivered the rest of the mail to one o'clock. So I packed the public get the best service in the world. It was two postal deliveries um, a day and we had to fight to defend that. Uh, unfortunately, the new Labour government brought a couple of spivs in to run Royal Mail, Alan Leighton and uh, Crozier. And uh, they brought in a single daily delivery. So you got one delivery a day. It was based on this supermarket philosophy about just in time, which is not really suited to an efficient, uh, efficient postal service. It suits the supermarkets. But we had to fight right from the very beginning about that. And then, of course, we had to fight privatisation. 
We had to fight them uh, shutting the final salary scheme. So it's been a constant battle. We now have a better working relationship with Royal Mail, but that could be teetering on the edge. We'll see how that plays out. Privatisations uh, are successful because you cut the numbers of staff, you cut the terms and conditions of staff, and you maximise profit for the shareholder. So that was the plan for Royal Mail. Um, we had a chief executive officer who wanted firstly to break up Royal Mail into component parts, um, which would have put one part of the business against another part of the business. For example, the distribution and the transit network, uh, the delivery offices would be separate, and the processing centres where all the mail go would be separate entities. And you'd be transferred under Tupi. Uh, you would have the mail market conditions, which is zero hours contracts, no annual leave, no sick pay, no pension. So there was a really big fight in 2018 to stop that happening. Um, and to be honest, I think the union came close to losing the battle, but we did hold our nerve. Um, solidarity in the postal industry has always been uh, instrumental to defend the new terms and conditions, both inside the business and externally. So, for example, when the college lecturers who educate our children go on strike, we don't deliver the mail. We don't cross the picket line. So postal workers, they have that sense of solidarity. Um, when it comes to defending ourselves, it's very, very strong. And, of course, we had a, a yes vote that stretched into the 90%. Um, so I think Royal Mail knew that we were unassailable. Eventually, and never in my experience has ever this ever happened that the chief executive of a FTSE 100 company was forced out by the trade union. And the company brought in a chief, a chief executive officer that was willing to deal with us. So we, we defeated uh, the attempts to kind of cut the feet for the postal service, turn us into an Amazon, um, and we are now working on this pathway to change agreement, which commits Royal Mail to being a full-time employer not to having two strands of employees that were all on the same terms and conditions. There'll be no zero-hours contracts in Royal Mail. Everybody will be entitled to annual leave and a pension and sick pay. No matter where you live in the UK, you will see the red uniform of Royal Mail delivery workers. Everybody receives something through the post. A lot of people from small rural communities to the big cities all know their postal delivery worker personally. We do have a lot of support, public support. We saw that during COVID when we were still working as what we called the fourth emergency service, and the public was very supportive of postal workers. Um, I, the public have always held us in high regard, and I think... Uh, Successive surveys have shown that Royal Mail is one of the most trusted companies uh, in terms of a brand. So, yeah, and I, I think that's down to the postal worker, not to the, the boardroom. Not only were we fighting COVID, we were fighting the employer. We had to fight the employer to get PPE, in common with other public sector workers. We had to fight to get PPE. We had to fight to get protective measures at work. We had to fight to get safe. Uh, distancing. We had to fight to stop the, the, the practice of sending two people out in a van. Um, so 
not only were we fighting COVID, we were fighting the employer. The employer took a couple of weeks to respond, but in Scotland and Northern Ireland, we started having, well, we started using Zoom, for example, which uh, allowed us to contact workers for Ballymena, uh, Belfast, Aberdeen, Dundee. So we were able to have daily contact and checking what was happening locally and putting the pressure on the business to deliver. So we must have been one of the first major companies to secure PPE, uh, to secure social distancing, and we have a network of area safety reps in the business who have a, a legal recognition in the company. They helped us in kind of designing safe systems of working. So I, we were able to maintain the service. A lot of postal workers were very hesitant about it. Uh, and in reality, we suffered the COVID uh, as much as anybody. We lost a lot of good members of staff to COVID. But because we had a trade union, we were able to organise and and get that PPP and the social distancing measures in place. We have a very active youth section, our youth section, up to the age of 30, you can join the CWU youth section. I a very active youth section, very healthy, well supported for headquarters. We have youth workers in every branch. Young people at work, I suppose, well, I always learn the job for older people, and I don't think that will ever change. You learn your skills, for the older people at work. And in the, the postal service, we kind of passed on, you know, trade union principles, essentially about a sense of solidarity, taking a pride in your work, delivering for the customer. So I, young people do get a good uh, schooling, especially in trade union work uh, and the communication workers union. We were one of the first unions to use social media. So we had a Facebook page, we caused a Twitter storm, whatever that is, you'll know better than me. I mean, these were all new tactics to people of my generation, but we used uh, Facebook, we did uh, video calls. The bit I especially like is going out and speaking to the members in the workplace. So we would hold gate meetings. So every workplace had a gate meeting where myself and other union representatives would explain the case to the staff. We would get them to use their meal relief, they would come to the gate, we would speak to them about the issues, and then the, the, the ballot would be conducted uh, properly. You know, the, the company took us to court and overruled the ballot uh, the first time, but the second time we were on the ballot with an even higher yes vote, so that kind of backfired on them. So it was a mixture of traditional methods, speaking to people, passing on the news, the written word, but social media played a much bigger part and this dispute than any that I've ever known. Thanks for listening to the words of this episode's trade unionist. To read their story and those of 74 others, get your copy of Mon the Workers in all the usual places or ask your library to stock it. <laughs>